and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by Carol Angley Flores, with myself, Stephen Spelm. And as always, I'm joined by my good friend, myself, Stan Chum, the bearded legend, the one and only, the daddy-o. It's Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is episode number 330, and we just want to, as always, take a moment to say thanks to everyone who tuned into our last show, and also our very special guests, club sponsors, Philip Riccello and Jim McCaffrey, uh, as we had a very special bonus show last week. So if you haven't heard that, if you missed that one, that is still available, as are all of our back catalogue of interviews on whatever podcast platform you happen to be addicted to. Uh, But this week, we've got three games to catch up on, so it's probably going to be a little bit of a longer one. We've got news from the last couple of weeks, because we took a break last week for various reasons. So I think without further ado, let's just crack on. We will certainly do that. So our podcast sponsors, as you all probably know by now, are Carol Langley Forest. We're based in Chingford, and have been serving the borough of Waltham Forest and the surrounding area for more in the last 70 years and their fantastic team of florists are here for all your needs specialising in anything whether that's a bespoke wedding event a family funeral birthdays anniversaries but if there's anything that you would need flowers for they can do flowers for you and if you don't already know they offer all those fans and staff a whooping 15% off that could be a huge saving for you and we saw some lovely photos actually from the uh, the shop's First Orient wedding last yeah, week. So well done pictures. to John. Great uh, flowers on display there. So to get in touch, you can call the shop on 0208 529 4130. You can go and visit their website, which can be found at www.carolangley.co.uk. Or you can go to social media, find their relevant pages on Instagram. You can find them at Carol Langley Florist. You can find them on Twitter at Carol Langley E4. Or you can find the guys on Facebook at Carol Langley Florists. Absolutely, you certainly can. So let's move on. Uh, to the supporters club now we've got just the one update for you we're off to Carlisle on Saturday the 14th of October coaches are going to be leaving this is an early one so make sure you don't miss this if you are on there it's leaving the supporters club at half past seven on the 14th uh, cost for this one is a very very reasonable almost bargain yes mate 44 pounds concessions are 41 and kids are 22 obviously those prices don't include your match day ticket so you can either go into the supporters club on a match day that's lincoln on tuesday reading next saturday or if you can't make it to either of those call the travel line on 07507 539 579 the supporters club have also got their first beer festival of the season that's happening on thursday the 26th of october and for that one doors will be opening at four o'clock in the afternoon Beautifully done there. So before we start, rounded up the fortnight that was. We've got some AOB uh, over the last two weeks. First up, really sad piece of news, this one. We're very um, sad and upset to hear about the passing of lifelong O's fan and West Stand season ticket holder Howard Turk, uh, who passed away last week. Devoted O's fan, and we send our condolences uh, and love out to his family and friends. Howard was a big part of my match day um, Journey, I'd say, to the ground. He used to get on the train with him and his uh, son and his grandson to the game, and he always loved going to the O's. His last appearance at Brisbane Road was um, the championship winning game, so what a final game Amazing. to have. But you just realise kind of how important Lane Orient is to people. Like his yeah. funeral, Tijuana Taxi, when they were doing like the photo montage, like the last couple of photos with him with uh, in the dugout on the final game of mm-hmm. the season, and you just think, oh, you know. Uh, Football and this club is just a massive, massive part of people's lives, what people associate with people. Yeah, absolutely. On a slightly um, more cheerier note, we're delighted <laughs> to say, no, 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 yeah. that's right, you know, yeah. um, we, we, you know, 
uh, it, it's a fact of life, you know. Life and death is 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 just it's just so sad losing people. Um, but we are delighted that a new uh, uh, member of the Orient family, well, actually it's probably on the Spurs family because I think the dad's a, a Spurs fan. <laughs> no but, way! But, but fortunately for us, the grandparents are devout Orient fans <laughs> and we are delighted to say that friends of ours, Janine and Dennis Adelman, welcomed, uh, well, their daughter welcomed um, a new baby girl into the world. Lottie Myla Richards joined the world uh, earlier this week as well so congratulations to you all we hope mum and baby are doing exceptionally well Janine and Dennis you know what you have to do uh, with little Lottie yeah on, make, make sure that Josh doesn't get her a Spurs kit first <laughs> and finally in our AOB roundup O's fan Paul Staines is doing a charity walk throughout the entire month of October where he is walking 5k every day for this month for Prostate United so if you interested you can sponsor Paul you can find the details of how to donate via his Just Giving page which can be found on Twitter and his Twitter page is at PaulStains86 he tweeted us today uh, so if you want to go back on our timeline you'll be able to find his tweet but good luck to Paul 5k for every day for yeah. the month of October is no mean feat good luck matey and by the way we know Twitter is now called X but as an act of defiance we are <laughs> still calling it Twitter because that's really what everybody Knows it. So let's come on to the fortnight that was then. We'll start Monday the 18th of September. Happy Monday. Quiet day. Nothing to report. So we're going to move on to the main event of Tehuay Tuesday yeah, the 19th. we certainly are. That was Fulham under-21s in the EFL Trophy. So we're going to cover this one briefly, as we always do. Team was announced with Howes in go. In, I can't speak tonight. In goal with Hunt, <laughs> Turns, Happy and Sweeney at the back. With Brown, Galbraith, Sanders, Obiero, Archibald and Drynham making up the 11. With Byrne, Beckles, Elmazuni, Monker, Graham, Pegram and Piggott on the bench. Yeah, wholesale changes for Richie Wellens. He made 10 changes wow. to the side that faced Peterborough last weekend. Obviously giving uh, players that need that opportunity in that game time that opportunity. I expected quite a few changes, maybe not as many as 10. But, you know, they, these players in there do need minutes in their legs. It's a strong enough squad to do a job and get the job done, in my opinion. Pretty surprised that maybe Pegram didn't start, but I understand that Drinan needs the match time. Um, but yeah, I, I, I thought that Pegram might have started. Your, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, lots of changes there. You mentioned 10, but when you look at the names on that team sheet, you guess probably one you'd expect to be an under-21 team or under-23 team, whatever we're calling uh, Premier League youngsters these days. A few yeah. tweets that came in uh, before kickoff. Theo the Wyvern tweeted us. So masses of league experience in that team. Loads looking to be in Wellington's plans for Saturday, so should have enough to win. Yeah, James O'Hagan said, plenty of faces who will want to make a point. Nice to see a homegrown captain in Happy. Also expecting Howes to try and stake a claim after the Blackpool performance he gave. Come on, Drin and Hattrick. Yeah, oh, James living in an absolute dream world, mate. So, like we said, we're going to cover this one briefly. The O's to the lead as early as the ninth minute as Ethan Galbraith pressed the front of defence into a mistake. He won the ball, played it to Aaron Drynan, who played it back into him with a faint touch. He sent the keeper, Borto, down on the floor along with the defender, passed the ball, called into the net to make it 1-0 as he scored his first goal. Fleo was nicely taken. Nice Ethan. goal, that. Yeah, real good composure there. Just shy of the half-hour mark, Aaron Drynan went close after Zek Obiero fed him through with a beautiful pass. His uh, touch forced him slightly too wide, though, as he tried to round the keeper, and his shot hit the bottom of the near post. Should have scored that. Yeah. You look back on that, and Drummond would be very disappointed. Yeah. If he scores that, I think we're talking about 4-0, 5-0, potentially. But However, yeah. he didn't score that one. So we tried to get a few more chances throughout the half. In the 45th minute, three added minutes of time went up on the board. Yeah, and in the first minute, we tried playing out from the back. Poor pass across the 18-yard box from 
Max Sanders was easily intercepted by Sekularak and after turning his man, he took a shot and despite Howes getting a hand to it, unfortunately he couldn't keep it out as it became one all. And that's how the teams went in at half-time. Very poor goal to concede there. Sanders' pass uh, wasn't Criminal. the best and yeah. Howes maybe might have felt he might be able to get a stronger hand to the shot. So went in at one all. Attendance announced at 718 for this game. So at half-time, Joe Piggott came on. He replaced Aaron Drynan. So we'll fast-forward to the 53rd minute Jordan Brown picked up a booking and two minutes later Theo Archibald was replaced by Charlie Pregram in the O's second substitution yeah just shy of the hour mark now Fulham took the lead through O'Neill as his curling strike managed to beat Sam Howes and went into the far corner of the net to make it 2-1 to Fulham good finish there good finish. yeah well played O'Neill there so Rishi took the opportunity at this point to make our third change Idris Malmazuni came on and he replaced Zek Obiero Dan Happy headed over from a corner in the 64th minute and a minute later George Moncur came on to replace Jordan Brown Jordan Graham also replaced Jaden Sweeney lots so of first teamers coming on at this sending point sending the big guns out well you look at the names who've come on Pigger Almazuni uh, Jordan Graham Moncur like all, all big boys here so six minutes of time added on and in the 91st minute Joe Piggott hit the post after some good work from Jordan Graham on the right and in the second minute of their time George Moncur thought he'd equalised but the flag was up for offside. Piggott should have scored that one. Again, making back on that, Piggott will be disappointed he hasn't scored there. Yeah, but the equalising goal did come. It came in the final minute as Sam Howes' long pass was flicked on by Joe Piggott, who found Idris El Mazzouni in the box. He held off his man and coolly finished to make it 2 all to send the game into penalties. Yeah, he absolutely did. So these games, you can't draw a group game and they go straight to penalties, as the bearded legend had sent. So Moncur... Graham and Piggott all scored their penalties as the penalty score was 3 all. Then Fulham set up for their fourth, which hit the post. Ethan Galbraith stepped up and made it 4 3. Fulham scored their fourth, which meant Idris El Mazzouni had the responsibility and the opportunity to win it for the O's with the last spot kick of the game. He stepped up, set the keeper the wrong way as the O's won the game 5 4 on penalties. Yeah, Richie Wellens' interview is on the club's uh, website and also on YouTube, so you can go there. But the league table for this, if anybody is interested, uh, Gillingham are top, but they've only played one. They've got three points. We're second, we've played two with two points. Portsmouth are third, having played one with two points. And Fulham, under-21s, are at the bottom, having played two with only garnering just the one point. So it's a wide open table. Obviously, we've got one game left to play against Portsmouth that I think is in November. I've got no idea how seriously right. Portsmouth are taking this competition, although they're doing very, very well yeah. in the league. So we'll see what happens with that one. So, Bidder Legende, your views very quickly on, on Fulham. Yeah, we made hard work for ourselves, didn't we, with that one? I mean, the fact that we had to make several changes, bringing in the big guns, first team players, yeah. isn't, isn't a good thing in this competition. I think that they'd played Portsmouth in the first game. Uh, yeah, they must have done because we played Gillingham. Um, and I think that that tie went to penalties uh, as well. Yep. So these kids are no mugs either. Um, they're, they're obviously good quality there. Um, Fulham, I thought, were good in spells, but we shouldn't be scraping a draw and winning on penalties, you know, when you've got the quality that we've got in our squad, arguably. Uh, obviously, glad we won. Important to do well in all competitions that we're involved in. And I'd like to see us do well at something because, you know, the FA Cup, we don't tend to to do so well in True. and we're already out the Carabao so you know we've got to have something to look forward to yeah for me not really much to add like I thought we'd win that one when I saw the team announced so a win's a win but we ran it very close to the wire had that game had a few less minutes of injury time we'd be talking about a defeat and we'd be out of the competition sounds like we overplayed at points which you clearly saw when we conceded the first goal but like you said win is a win got a chance to get out of the group so what happens against Portsmouth again the further you go in the competition the more exciting it becomes as Wembley edges closer 
in closer. So yeah, we'll see. Fingers crossed, get a decent result in the next game. There was actually quite a few tweets about this one. We're only going to mention a few though that we got in. So the occasional one said, "I know we all say it, but it doesn't mean anything." But my heart was going ten to the dozen in that penalty shootout. It's good penalties we took. Very all good, of them actually. Were good. Like for the first time in a while, we've got really strong, solid penalty yeah. takers. So good point. Uh, that's that's a, a real positive that's come from this. Steve Chaplin 4 said, too sloppy after a decent enough first 45. Winning the penalty shootout still keeps qualification open. Alan Reeves 2 said, it's hard to care to be honest. Not a single club takes its competition seriously until they get to the semi-final. I suppose it is game time for some fringe players, but that's about it. But that's not a bad thing. No, not at all. Not a bad thing. Glenn Gatti said, it might not be the most important competition, but... We can we focus on broader positive games for a squad for squad players and a bit of grit and fight to come back from being a goal down. Yeah, my final word on Fulham Winston chosen for one. He says, regardless of whether this competition matters or not, what does very much matter is seeing us be able to fight it out for a gritty win. The late equaliser for El, El- Mazzuni and turning around to win on penalties shows a lot of guts in this squad. Absolutely. Prediction league for this one. Congrats to O's fan basing and Charlie underscore Paul who both correctly predicted two all so you guys both get three points and we'll do a top of the prediction league table roundup towards the end of the show. We certainly will. So Wednesday the 20th of September yourself Dan Chums were in action on this day as we interview Jim McCaffrey from the men's team shirt sponsors he's still secured and Philip Bocello from the men's team sleeve sponsors Sterling Technology as they told us all about how they got into the O's their love of Orient their companies and more in a special interview episode that Paul alluded to in his intro. So like we said, if you haven't listened to that one or one around last week, go back and listen to that. It's 42 minutes of a great interview, some yeah. great insight with two men who love Orient and are fully focused on trying to grow, I guess, Orient as a brand and to grow their brands and their love of the game. It was great Absolutely. interview. Really enjoyed that one. Yeah, really. And from very different journeys to coming to yeah. Orient as well. So that was really interesting. Quiet rest of the week. So let's move on to Saturday the 23rd of September. Okay. The Young O's were in action in the morning. They had Cambridge United at home and after a goalless first half, neither team could find the breakthrough in the second half as the game finished 0-0-0. Well played to the Young O's there. The main event of Saturday the 23rd was Shrewsbury Town at home before the game, as always on the Thursday night. Around 6 o'clock we start our poll to find out how you think we're going to get on in this game. And after 332 votes, it closed with 7% thinking we were going to lose. 12 went for the draw, but an overwhelming 81% went for the win. Yeah, as always, thanks for everyone's votes. I mean, quite an overwhelming majority there, 81%. Last time we saw an overwhelming majority like that was Stevenage at home. And we all know how that one finished. So I always try and take those results with a pinch of salt. So the team was announced this one at 2 o'clock with Bryn in goal at the back, James Beckles, Cooper, with Graham, Almazuni, Prattley, Monker and Archibald making up the midfield with Saturio and Piggott up top. And on the bench we had Howes, Happy, Hunt, Brown, Galbraith, Drynan and Shaq Ford, meaning that Richie named an unchanged side from the team that drew Peterborough in the league on the previous Saturday. So, Bidder Lujanda, your views on, on the team against Shrewsbury? Yeah, you know me, I like an unchanged <laughs> side. Yes. Set, set, a settled squad, they get to know how each other play, they get to know each other really, really well. The only caveat for me is I'd rather see Gabraith in for Monco, I think he does a bit more. But again, as I probably mentioned in the previous episode, um, maybe Monker's doing things that Don't see. we're not noticing so much but what I see from Galbraith is more impactful so maybe I'm just being I try to see both sides I try not to, you know Monker doesn't want to come here and not do well no player wants to come to the club and not do well it's not in their interest and it's not in the club's interest 
but I just see more from Galbraith than I do from Moncur and I prefer to see Galbraith in that position yeah I think given current form so far this season agree with you on that one mm. and it's also saying something about the strength of the squad when Sweeney turns and Sanders can't even get in it so we were lucky enough to be hospitality that day went into the dressing room and just saw those three players who weren't in the squad they seemed you know fit, happy ready to go or mm. understanding of their situation um, but it shows you you know Ed Turns pivotal last season as was Sweeney absolutely pivotal to the starting 11 especially towards the second half of the season and can't even get in the squad and Sanders obviously came with a big reputation from Lincoln City and obviously been injured hasn't been able to get back into the team so it shows you I guess the strength of a fully fit squad that Richie has So and you can see we could see from how he was engaging that he's really desperate to get into the squad and to cement himself in the first team and you know, he wants to be a part of it and he Absolutely wants to not. contribute. So it, it, they're three really impressive young guys there, actually. It was a real privilege to be able to, to chat to them. So the match kicked off with a league place and one point being the difference between the two sides and barely a minute was on the clock. Matter of Shrewsbury Town had a chance from a Shrewsbury corner. Thankfully, Solbrin made the save. Two minutes later, hearts were in mouths as Matter was played through. He got behind Omar Beckles and was in 1v1 against Solbrin. And although Matter's shot was on target, Brinster tall. Pulled off a great save to get the ball over the bar as he kept the scoreline at nil nil. That is a huge let off for us, and that is an outstanding save from Sol um, from Sol Brin. That is absolutely fantastic. Beckles was the covering defender. I think he switched off for a second there, um, and thankfully we've got a solid enough keeper that managed to get us out of that. Otherwise, that would have been chaos from the second minute. Would have been a very disappointing start. And had Shrewsbury taken the lead, they would have gone on probably to win. Say, Comfortable. Or made it very difficult to get into any style of football yeah. for Orient. But I think, what's his name? Uh, their manager said before the game, like, they're, they're playing alright, they're just not putting their chances away. So, yeah. big save there from there Solbury. Yeah. Really good. Brandon Cooper fired wide uh, in the 10th minute and Shrewsbury counter-attacked us six minutes later. But for some excellent defensive work from Free Archibald, Idris Amazuni and Tom James as they worked hard to prevent a chance from escalating. They did. We took the lead, though, in the 19th minute. A nice build-up bit, nice build-up play. Good passing and movement. So Idris Elmazuni's forward pass take a deflection, which fell... Well, he just about made that uh, pass, which fell kindly into the path of Royal Soteriu, uh, who was in behind the Shrewsbury defence, and he blasted the ball past Morosi to put the O's 1-0 up. Good finish, very lucky, I'd say, that yeah. he just manages to get the ball. Warren makes no mistake, but to be fair, that's a ch- I know he's missed a fair good few, but that's a chance that you'd expect him to put away. Very close, quite central. Six-yard box, that's his bread and butter. Should be any, what should be anyone's bread and butter, but good to see after, I think it's fair to say, Shrewsbury had the better chances before that. Yeah, probably slightly against the run of play, I think one might argue yeah. as well. Good shout. Shrewsbury almost equalised in the 21st minute after Udo beat Beckles, his shot went just wide off the far post so they still looked a threat at us coming forward yeah at this point yeah absolutely 40 minutes now on the clock we'll skip forward to this bit El Mazzuni uh, did well to deny Shrewsbury a one-on-one with Bryn and in the 43rd minute Flanagan shot wide from distance yeah I think at this point you had made a note so fair to say Shrewsbury doing their best to get the scores level before half time creating several good opportunities but weren't clinical enough and we've seen that more than enough times from an Orient forward yeah. line or yeah. back line Absolutely. Um, Joe Piggott strike in the 44th minute, so just before half-time, fired against the arm of Feeney in the air, and despite some penalty appeals, 
the referee was having absolutely none of it. Absolutely none of it. So three minutes of time were played. Additionally, as the ref brought the first half to a close with the O's leading 1-0. Attendance announced just over 8,000, 8,001, with mm-hmm. 618 away fans making the journey. They were quite loud, actually. I don't know if it's because we were in a different position, so maybe you can hear the, them slightly differently. But I think they were all compacted yeah, together. They, they, they made really. a decent amount of noise, yeah. actually, for, for just over 600 of them. I totally agree with you. Uh, we had a few tweets that came in at half-time. I Spurso said, Am I the only one who's worried about the minimal numbers we're keeping at the back from attacking set-pieces? Just a sign of the fact there's no fear about their ability to counter. New set-pieces coach having an influence. Oh, we'll come on to the new set-pieces coach a bit later. Running ref with GC said, How are we winning this game? We could have been three down before our goal against the run of play. We're struggling against their aggressive front players and we could barely string two passes together in the first 20 minutes. Hope we can get a result and improve in the second half. Yeah, there were no changes for the O's at half-time, and in the 48th minute, Dan Prattley was booked. Four minutes later, Brandon Cooper also picked up a yeah, booking. Yeah, picking up the bookings there. 55th minute in the first sub for the O's, as Dan Prattley was replaced by Jordan Brown, and a double sub followed for the O's six minutes later, as George Moncur and Joe Piggott were replaced by Aaron Drynan, Shaq Ford. Yeah, two minutes later, a superb counter-attack saw Royal Soteriu collect the ball. He found Aaron Drynan, who drove towards goal, he played it to Shaq Ford, uh, whose touch found uh, Ruel, but the ball took a deflection and ended up flying over the bar. That was a nice little move there from Yosemite. Really remember that one rightly. 72nd minute, Shaq Ford was booked after he and Theo Archibald stole the ball off Dunkley and through his trouble, Shaq got a book. Yeah, a minute later, big chance for Shrewsbury as Bowman's header was held well by Solgrin. Big chance, yeah. Uh, he was unmarked. Sprint down. I guess Bruin gets his angles well, makes it look probably a lot easier because of his positioning, but. Bowman will be disappointed that he hasn't worked the keeper harder. Tom James was booked for time wasting as early as the 75th minute. <laughs> <laughs> Two minutes later, though, final subs for the Osteo Archibald and Ruel Soteria were replaced by Dan Happy and Ethan Galbraith. Decent subs to bring on there. Like All of the subs are decent quality. You know, seen like, the strength of the squad now. Really past, past the injuries. So let's get forward to the 83rd minute. And Flanagan was unmarked at the back post for Shrewsbury, but he couldn't guide his header past Aubryn who made a great reaction save as he clawed the ball out for a corner. They were starting to get closer. I didn't feel that nervous, but they were getting closer. Yeah. Um, this had a draw written all over it. Um, and because we were sat behind the away dugout uh, for our seats, this time rather than the south stand, you remember Matt Taylor, someone yeah. was a few rows behind us. He must have been his yeah. mate. And he was like, how the hell are we losing? How the hell are we losing this game? That's, like, the, clear, that's right. the clean version of what he said to that's me. The clean, that's the family-friendly <laughs> podcast version of, of what he said. Um, but he's right. Yeah. Like, they created plenty of good chances. They, they probably should have won it, but they didn't. They weren't clinical enough. They'll play worse than that and win, and we'll play better than that. And lose yeah. or draw. Yeah, not get something. But that's football. And that was yesterday, uh, in fairness. Uh, 86 minutes now Drinan did well uh, to bring the ball down he crossed the ball towards Ford whose first time effort went well over the bar yeah the game was opening up now at this point 6 minutes of time added on and with no further talking points the referee brought the game to a close with the O's edging out a tight 1-0 win to the Brisbane Row rocking all over the world and make it 7 points 1 from the last 3 league games for the mighty O's yeah Richie Wellens' interview is obviously now on the club's uh, website and, and YouTube but he did say there's been times this year when we've been really good and didn't get anything and today we had to scrap and we got the win we which I think is a great summary it is a great summary well done there Wellens the full interview is on the club's YouTube channel so after that game uh, Lee Table we'd played 9 1-3 Drawn two, four defeats, a goal difference of minus five, 
and on 11 points. So, yeah. Bill Lejean, are your views on Shrewsbury at home? Yeah, I think sometimes it's just about getting three points. However, that needs to happen. It doesn't have to be pretty. It was a bit nail-biting at times, I thought, but we won, and that fundamentally is all that matters. Yeah. You know, you take wins like that all the time over games that you play really well in and end up losing. You take games like that all day long. I thought Solbrin made some absolutely outstanding saves. You can see why he's so highly thought of at his parent yep. club and why he did so well last season. He stepped up and he's doing equally well here. I thought Idris battled really hard in mid- midfield. Uh, Ruel at times was brilliant. Even went on a on a run and nutmegged did, yeah. uh, well, their man right, right in front of us as well. Um, still not seeing what Moncur gives to the side. Um, he looked out of breath at times like he was absolutely blowing he did a lot more chasing to be fair I think that was what was asked of him was closing down the defence and, and making them forced errors yep. uh, forced into errors um, doesn't find the final pass he isn't shooting he's not scoring so other than what I've just said like is is that what he's meant to do because Perfect. I don't know I'm sure, sure that there's others that could do that and free him up to do other stuff that he's better at. All in all, great day. Thanks to Philip at Sterling Technology for hosting us in the 1882 suite, which was a brilliant... Oh, yeah, 1881 suite, I beg your pardon, which was a brilliant experience. The food was superb. The the service, part and Lucy are doing an absolutely outstanding job. They are not paying me to say that, but I fu- fundamentally enjoyed that up there. It was really good, uh, and uh, the food and hospitality and service was fantastic. Nicely done. For me... Yeah, I think I agree with you about the match. It doesn't matter how you win, you just got to win. I think it was good to see an O's team um, battle on a pitch and I guess go into this game with a slightly different mentality in terms of being a bit more ugly, but be a bit more, I guess, uh, robust in the performance, a little bit yeah. nastier, but yeah. a bit more clever uh, to get a win. Big, big, big save um, from so early on. Good finish from Morel. And yeah, like you, I think it's time to start Galbraith after this, thinking I can't see Richie changing it too much before Fleetwood, but if there was one change you had to make, you'd probably go Moncur out, Galbraith in. Quite insightful. So you've mentioned being quite close to Matt Taylor. We were about three rows behind Matt Taylor, obviously. Although not behind Richie, much closer to Richie, and you could see his reactions to what was going on <laughs> on the pitch. Very clear that Idris does not listen to a word Wellings says. Because <laughs> like, he was calling him and calling him and calling Richie him. Richie Wellings must have spent at least 20 minutes of the first half calling for Iddy, Iddy, Iddy to get his attention and Iddy just not listening to him <laughs> one funny. bit and winding it up when he's in the process. Uh, I also thought Matt Howell was waving to me for a lot of the time but realised his dad was behind me and waving to his dad yeah. was slightly embarrassing but there you go. Uh, but look, like I said, three points at that point, sorry, big three points, seven from the last night at that point and you go, if you go to Fleetwood and win you're looking at 10 points from the last spot when you're starting to look up the table. Momentum, yeah. It's a big opportunity there. Like you, massive uh, thank you to Philip for the hospitality. Nice to meet a new few faces at the club. Agreed, um, yeah. And nice to meet uh, Dave at Digger77. Pretty much came over and introduced himself. Big fan of the podcast. Dave, if you're listening, lovely nice to, to meet you, you, mate. And nice to see you. Also great to talk to Keaton Patel Amazing. as well. Some great insight as well. He continues to give great insight. Um on injuries around the club and just like talking to him you just think actually there's some great content there that we will bring to you we will love soon. to bring to you very soon which we will absolutely do um, so yeah I guess let's crack on with, with the reaction on the back of this one yeah first up Orient Meat Pie said thought we dug in and showed real professionalism moment of class from Ruel and it's nice to have another clean sheet yeah stat boy underscore Steven said the first few weeks it seemed they needed to adjust to the higher level and intensity 
But the same have sort of landed on their feet now and it shows. Stephen, L-O-F-C, N-U-F-C said, Beckles, Bryn and Cooper were immense. James also had a good game and Drinan did well when he came on. Suspect he might start ahead of Piggott next week. Drinan did very well to be fair to him when he came on. He hassled their defence into mistakes. He just kept running at them. Something that Piggott doesn't really do. Piggott no. kind of traps the ball and looks to bring Graham and Archibald. Where Drinan gets it, he goes, right, I'm just going to run at you and yeah. see, see where we go yeah. so yeah decent shout that one Stroud Greenos is a scrappy unattractive game of football but we won so who cares mm. not much quality to talk about over the whole 90 minutes but I thought Cooper looked very solid at the back and comfortable on the ball Trying to do well when he came on like to see Galbraith start next game good point about Cooper various points where Cooper got it and was bringing it forward as 100%. opposed to looking for that long ball just bringing it forward Should've pushing us that. up the pitch so Good point there from yeah, Australia. Yeah, you know? kind of Matt Baldry-esque. Yeah, you know, yeah. with a ball playing centre-half, which is what he was brought in as. So, yeah, he did really well. Painting Orient said, The greatest tribute to both Solbrin and Jordan Graham is that we do not miss our summer signing, summer outgoing, sorry, whatsoever. They are certainly both above League One level. By all accounts, Shrewsbury stepped up considerably compared to their recent form. The three points were hard-earned. Great point. Good points there. Dave Nelson, tight game and just about deserved the win. Drynan and Galbraith did more in the last 20 minutes than Moncurt and Piggott did all game and surely have done enough to be starters. Samuel, LOFC97, said, Different ways of winning. Couple of good saves from Bryn. When Drynan came on, we played the spaces a lot better using his pace to stretch their centre-halves wide. Beckles, I thought, was solid and looked back to his best. Good point about Beckles. I thought Beckles did look fairly solid in terms of organising the defence and kind of winning the headers and stuff. Obviously got caught out a bit for pace at certain points, but I yeah. thought Beckles actually... Done all right for the most part. Daniel underscore D44. It's a tough game between two fairly evenly matched teams. Thought our goal was a bit lucky, but Royal took it very well. James, Idris and Royal were excellent, but Piggott, very poor. Their number 22 had him in his pocket. All of our five subs were absolutely superb and helped us see out the game. I must say, yeah, the subs, all the subs seemed to make a good impact wherever yeah. they came on. Yeah. Penultimate word on this one goes to O's fan basing, who said really professional performance, very good defensively. Can see why they can see they have worked at the transition, all getting back very quickly. Cooper was an excellent addition, and he felt quite comfortable watching. And the final word on Shrewsbury, I see Casey Adams at OFC says Bryn was class. Could have easily been three or four one down at half time. My man in a match, a proper batting performance. And again, for me, the main point, which I think he hit spot on, this is five weeks ago, we would have lost that game. Possibly. Come on, you owes. I think there's no doubt five weeks ago we wouldn't we wouldn't have seen that game out. So mm. lots of tweets uh, after Shrewsbury. If we haven't mentioned yours, you may have one coming up in the post Fleetwood tweets. And like we say every week, those were all tweets that came into us at Orient Outlook on Twitter or X or whatever we're calling it these days. Yeah, I'm going to stick to Twitter. Uh, prediction League then. Quite a few of you predicted 1-0, but special Credit goes to Ian Hutchinson 08, the underscore none 06, and Walla Ad, who all predicted 1 0, but also correctly predicted the scorer, which was Ruel. So you get a bonus point, so that's four points for you, and we'll do a roundup a little bit later on. We certainly will. So following Saturday, we knew we weren't doing a podcast on Sunday, but we still wanted to do a Hero of the Week poll. So we ran a snap poll for 24 hours, nominated the following players. So we nominated Solbrin, Idris El Jordan Graham, and Rasa Tiriu. We had 296 in 24 hours, uh, which isn't too bad. An overwhelming winner, I think it's fair to say, this one. 61% of the vote was Solbrin. <laughs> Goalkeepers don't usually win them. I think because he made such a big save so early made, on yeah. and, and quite late on, I think he wins that. We also had a few uh, comments on our Twitter poll saying we should have nominated Brandon Cooper. To be fair, he did play very well, but obviously he can only nominate four. So Brandon missed out, but well done 
too young that Mr. Bunner. Absolutely. So Sunday the 24th of September, then the O's ladies were in action. They were at home to Headstone Manor and found themselves 2-0 down at half-time. And despite a goal from Jordan Feldman uh, in the 73rd minute, unfortunately they couldn't find an equaliser and ended up losing the game 2-1. So unlucky to the ladies. Yeah, unlucky there. Monday the 25th of September, then it was Yom Kippur. So for those who were fasting over the period... We hope it was a good one for all involved with you. Yeah, and a meaningful one for you. So let's move on to Tuesday the 26th. It was a happy birthday, 23rd birthday, not 22nd, I got that wrong, <laughs> uh, to Idris El Mazzouni. Happy birthday, Idris. Also on Tuesday, the Rainbows announced that Adam Thompson <laughs> has become an ambassador for our official LGBTQ plus supporters group. So great work from Adam, great work uh, from the club and great work from everyone there. Uh, more on the rainbows a bit later in this episode. Yeah, nothing to report on the Wednesday, so let's move on to Thursday the 28th. We're flying through this on Thursday the 28th, then two birthdays in the O's camp. Happy birthday to Dan Happy and also to Adam Thompson. Hope you gents had a lovely birthday. Yeah, indeed. The club finally and officially <laughs> announced that Daryl McMahon had returned to the club, joining the O's coaching staff as development and set-piece coach. So welcome back, Daryl. Yeah, I think it's pretty evident uh, against Shrewsbury. I'm didn't have any tweets mentioning that. Obviously, Daryl was in the dugout, quite visibly yeah. in the dugout as well. Shouting yeah, the right. there. Yeah, I'm sure if Richie didn't want him to be doing what he was doing, I'm sure Richie would say, no, please, that's my space. I'll do that. Or Paul. Yeah, so, absolutely. So, you know, he's given the freedom to, to give his input. He's an experienced manager. He's a pl- former player, so he knows a bit about the game. So, yeah, I there's a bit of negative backlash on, on him being joining but I don't see it if he, if Richie feels that he can add value he's not just been given him he's, he's obviously you know agreed to it otherwise he wouldn't be standing there yeah absolutely so that announcement was on Thursday Friday the 29th of September another quiet day at the club no news to report we like that so we move on to Saturday the 30th of September the last day of the month which was yesterday as we record today the Young O's were in action they were away at Northampton Town unfortunately they ended up losing that game 3-0, so unlucky to the young O's. Yeah, unlucky indeed. But the main event on Saturday was Fleetwood Town away. So we ran our famous Twitter poll again. We had 327 votes before this one. You voted as follows. 80% thinking the O's would lose. 23% thinking that the game would end in a draw. And again, the majority, 69% of those votes thinking the O's would win this one. And again, as always... Thank you for all of your votes in that Twitter poll. So at two o'clock, the team was announced. Sol Brim was in goal. James, Beckles and Cooper were at the back. Across the midfield, a combination of Graham, Elmiz, Prattley, Moncur and Archibald with Satiriu and Piggott making up the final 11. Subs for this one was Howes, Happy, Hunt, Brown, Galbraith, Drinnen and Ford. So that meant Richie named an unchanged side in the league for the fourth game running not very often that we say that for no. me again I think we covered it kind of in our Shrew- views Shrewsbury. against Shrewsbury agree no real surprises there you can argue Galbraith for Monka possibly other than that as expected I mean you're not, you're not really going to change a winning team are you no However, a settled team as well because it's important to build momentum and you yeah. can't do that if you keep changing it all the time because, as I said earlier, the players then don't get to learn each other's game and positioning and you know what run they might might make if you sort of listen back to kind of the Lisby interview that we've done and any of the other players that you know they knew what the other one was yeah, going to do and where they were going to be, for example. So, yeah, I totally agree with you. We had a few tweets, quite a few tweets come in. We'll read a few out now. Lewis Fear underscore said the form and results prove why he doesn't need to change just yet. 
options on the bench. Let's just get that win. Yeah, PM at 31970. So Galbraith should be starting. And why Turns isn't on the bench rather than Hunt? I don't know. I think that comment got a bit of engagement with people saying, well, he's a fullback who can play on the right. Or the left. And the left. So people saying, well, where's Sweeney? Why isn't Sweeney on over Hunt? But Hunt can play both. Although yeah. Sweeney... Although not played both, probably can play both. But obviously Hunt, more experienced, I guess, if you're looking at that. And Turns just has to bide his time. Because there's four centre-backs. you only starting with two. Yeah. While James is playing, I guess, as well, yeah. as a centre-back. And only having one on the bench means if you've got four, if you do the maths and there's only three places, one ain't, ain't making the squad. Yeah, nor is Dan Happy. Well, it's not, it's not starting. Not starting, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Billy Cowell, 21? Yep. Said Gal Brave should be starting. What's happened to Sweeney? Arguably our best fullback, yet can't get into the team. Len Chin Chin Run said, bottom of the table, Fleetwood and a new manager could be a side ready to bounce back, so do not take it lightly. Inform O's need to be ready with a solid plan of attack and defence in the box. Missed chances to a minimum and clinical in the final third. Most players are now fit and up to speed. Okay, so let's do it. The match kicked off videos looking to keep on building on their good run of recent form against the Fleetwood Townside looking for their first winner of the season. Obviously, Lee Johnson, who was Hibernian manager a couple of weeks ago, managing in the Europa League or whatever it was, conference maybe. Now in League 1, there's the two teams met for the first time in eight years. Neo's had a chance in the very first minute. Joe Piggott found space in the area. Unfortunately, his flick drifted just wide of the post. Second minute, George Moncur broke with pace. He cut inside the area. His effort was blocked. The ball came to Satoru, who fired the ball over the bar. It's not very often in the first two minutes we're talking about two Orient chances. Yeah. So And like Glenn Chin Chin one said, be clinical in the final third, and we're just not. Yeah. So it kind of tells a tale, potentially, of how our day's going to be. Uh, although the cynic in you would, would probably believe that uh, six minutes on the clock Tom James played a ball into Theo Archibald he shimmered inside past his marker but his effort went just wide of the far post eight minutes Joe Piggott headed over from a Tom James corner now like four, five we won at the game and we're obviously taking some of this from various clubs Twitter accounts to go and gauge it if these are correct that's four goal scoring opportunities in the first eight minutes of the game yeah. where Piggott has headed over, not so he's not hit the target. Theo's gone wide, not hit the target. Satiri's hit it over the bar, not been on target. And Piggott's flick on's gone wide. So none of those four have made the keeper work. Thinking about what these boys should be doing on Monday morning. Yeah. If you're a forward, if you're Matt Harold, right, boys, get on the training ground, let's hit the target. Yeah, target practice. Absolutely. Well, yeah, yeah, get those nets them. up where you've got like the. The thing where you hit the, the holes in, in, in front of the goal and just doing target practice. Yeah, anyway, we're not professional managers. But anyway, moving <laughs> on, 14 minutes on the clock. Jordan Graham won the ball in the middle of the pitch and headed towards Saturio, uh, who found Idris El Mazzuni. He had a strike just over the ball. Hits the bloody target, lads. Come on, 19th minute. Theo Archibald had an effort from a tight angle. This time on target, Lynch held the ball. Yeah, he did. And in the 27th minute... Um, Tom James had a shot from outside the area Lynch made a good save to palm the ball away I thought that was a really good effort that um, really good shot keeper did well to not put that back in the danger zone for us to get anything from it so that's, I thought that was a good bit, bit of goalkeeping unfortunately for us yeah it would have been a nice reel to add to his many many yeah. fantastic Orient goals 29th minute so first time in the match Sol Brin was called into action as he got down to get to a cross from uh, Lawal and a minute later Pressure starting to grow. His fleet was growing into the game. As Broom had a strike, ball came out to him. His shot was deflected wide by Brandon Cooper. Done really well to put his body in the way of the shot. 
and they flip the ball away from the corner. Yeah, no further talking points in the first half or any added time. The referee blew his whistle. Teams went in nil-nil at the break. They did. So we had a few tips at half-time. We'll just mention this one from the Untold Game. So probably the most uninspiring half of football we've played since one took over. Stephen Lynch aside, as we never count Stephen Lynch, <laughs> crying out for Galbraith to make something happen. Yeah, the second half started. No subs for the O's. In the 48th minute, it was a big chance for the host as Busson Lowell drove down the wing on the right and his cross found Vela unmarked at the back post. Thankfully, he shot one. Oh, Vela got it all wrong, thankfully, for us. Very close, not far away from goal. Ball coming to him at speed. Just put just hit his knee as opposed to hit his foot. Should have done much better there. Lucky to get away with that one. 52nd minute and Omar Beckles picked up a booking. Yeah, 53rd minute. A triple change for the O's. Drinan, Galbraith and Brown replaced Piggott, Monker and Prattley. Triple sub in the 53rd minute. I mean, that's quite... That's, what does that tell you? That's quite a lot to do. And, I mean, these are the normal subs now. I noticed it against Shrewsbury. Shrewsbury yeah. Piggott, I mean, 53 minutes... Pick it off, Moncur off, and Prattley off. So Prattley last week I understood because he just picked up a booking and then he made a challenge and then Richard was like, right, you've got to come off, mate, because if you do one other thing, you're going to get sent off. Yeah. This week, no booking for what I can see, but, you know, Pigger got to be doing more than a no-shirt for me. Moncur, the same, and I think Prattley probably makes, that sense makes up for me. Prattley, obviously, 38 years old, playing League One on a wet, wet pitch, difficult. Yeah. But people like Peter and Monka have got to, be, got to be doing more, I think, in my opinion. 56 yeah. minute though, Fleetwood opened the scoring. Jack Marriott got behind Omar Beckles and on the end of Quiterna's cross, as he crossed in from the left, he got in at the near post. He beat Solbrun from close range to make it 1-0 to the host to get his first goal of the season, obviously. Of course. Yeah, poor from Omar. I thought that Marriott had got the better of him. I thought, that, I thought it was just a yard off pace there or he just misread it. And it was a split second in his decision making. Um, Marriott's a good good player. Good I think player. they paid good money for him as well. I think they paid like a quarter of a million quid or something for him, or a couple of hundred grand, whatever it was. Yeah, I just thought it's a shame. It's a bad goal to concede. I think also at the same point, Beckles. People will look at Beckles and go, "What are you doing with Marriott?" In the build-up, Archibald should stop Quintana. Kind of, he's not quite on it enough, and Quintana leaves him for dead, and it makes the space to get the crossing. So. Beckles will take the brunt of it, but I think at the same time, Archibald has to be doing better as well in that one. But disappointing to go a goal down. And a few minutes later, Beckles picked up an injury, had to come off, and Dan Happy came on around the hour mark. Yeah, 61 minutes then. Drinan burst through the middle, laid the ball off to Ruel on the left, who was in a great position, but he ended up blazing uh, over. Ruel has got to be hitting the target from there. So, I mean, Drinan does really well, wins the ball. His pace, he looks like he's picked up a bit of pace, Drinan. Because I know he was very fast against Shrewsbury. Maybe because I've not seen him in a long time on the pitch, potentially. Looks fast against Shrewsbury. And again, in this piece of action on the highlights, not being there yesterday, but watching it back, he's fast. He gets it and he's gone. Creates the space. He could have taken a shot had he wanted to. I guess maybe you go, if he was a more selfish striker, if that was Satoru, he's looking up and shooting straight away. He doesn't. He looks to his left, looks to his right. Satoru's in a better position. Plays it to Satoru. I don't know whether Satoru loses his footing or whatever, but... Not very good. Decent position, decent angle, doesn't hit the target again. Doesn't have to make the keeper work. Disappointing that one. 62nd, in a minute later, a double penalty appeal for the O's. Jordan Graham brought down not once, but twice in a, in a matter of seconds. So gets brought down, penalty appeals. They win the ball back. He just literally tackles their defender, wins it back, and then that same defender takes him out again. 
both penalty appeals, referee says no. I've seen them similar incidents, shall we say, both given. I think Graham's unlucky there not to get but at then, least one of those. But penalties. then you've got to book Jordan then for simulation if that's not a foul. It definitely wants simulation. But then it's a foul then. It's one or the other. Yeah, no? yeah, yeah I, I agree. Is it not? Is, is it not as clear cut as that from 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 a from a factual standpoint that he's either been fouled and because he's either gone he's gone down because he's either been fouled or he's dived looking for a penalty. Yeah, one or the other. Now, obviously, I don't want my own player to be booked. Right, let's be clear on that. But if it's not a penalty, then it's a booking. So what? So Unless the referee thinks the contact is minimal and it doesn't constitute a foul. Okay, but. It looked like there was contact on both. Again, it's yeah. not like you're getting VAR replays on Thank your God. highlights or Thank anything God. like that. You're literally getting one angle. Again, yeah. seen similar yeah. given. Who knows? Referee was like, no way. Yeah. Unlucky there, Jordan Grove. Final change for the O's in the 63rd. Shaq Ford came on to replace Idris El Mazzoni. And that's an interesting sub, that one. Cause very that's interesting. Not, that's, that's not a like-for-like sub. No, first that's very all. different because Pratt has gone off, right? So there's no one sitting back there. Idris has now gone off, so there's no that... There's not that unit there anymore. It's, it's more, it opens us up. more of the point of taking Idris off. On Which the doesn't, normally happen. It doesn't normally happen. So interesting there. We'll see what... Hopefully Idris hasn't picked up anything. Um, no, again, I, not I being there, so. I think it's just not playing too well at the moment. Idris, you're coming off and giving Shaq an opportunity to impress even Galbraith booked slightly after this point as he kicked the ball away following a foul going against the team. Should never be doing that. It wasn't even against him. He hadn't fouled the players. Foul separately. Regardless. They had the free kick. They just put the ball down and Galbraith just goes Shouldn't be it. kicking the ball like that. It's a cheap, nasty yellow card that you shouldn't be getting. 69 minutes on the clock. Quiterna cut inside from a wide position and shaved the post with his effort. Yeah, close there. So let's skip forward then to the 81st minute. As Brandon Cooper went close for the Orient, his head up at the back post was cleared off the line by Ben Hennehan and at this point you're just going you might as well blow the full time ref. <laughs> we, we, ain't, we ain't scoring today yeah 88 minutes we well picked up a booking and in 8 minutes of time went up on the board and in the 92nd minute the O's had some pressure came to nothing there was Theo Archibald putting across yeah. that was cleared yeah Jordan Brown picked up a booking in the 94th minute I think frustration starting to come out here yeah. in these late bookings 96th minute Theo Archibald still trying to get the O's back in the game his effort was to hit over for a corner. Yeah, a minute later, Fleetwood hit us on the counter-attack from our own corner, and Shimanga's effort eventually was saved by Sol Brin. I mean, look, he should have scored that. Thankfully, he didn't, because that would have made a bad day even worse for us. But, thank, yeah, thankfully, but he should have scored. I think he would have done had the ball into him been better, because the ball was played like behind him, so he had to get it, and in turn, and yeah. the shot wasn't great. But you look at their forward line, they got Marriott... Uh, Shimanga, who I think is a great player once he's fully fit, and they've got Jaden Stockley, who I think I presume is injured. That's a that's a good front three. Yeah. So I mean they, they could come back. I don't expect Fleetwood to go down actually, to be fair, given that front line. Uh anyway, one more piece of action to say about not the best one. A minute later, even Gail Brave was given his marching orders as he was shown a yellow card for simulation as he went down just outside the area looking for a foul. He got his second book in which obviously equals a red. And then straight after that, the referee ran up to Johnston for our host, who got his second yellow card as he had fouled Galbraith earlier in the build-up to that. So both teams down to 10 men. And again, if it is simulation, it gets quite hard to tell from the angles that you get it from yeah. because it's coming from the centre spot on the alternate side. If Galbraith's on a yellow and is taking a dive in front of the referee in the last minute, that's two absolutely needless bookings. Correct. Now, Galbraith so far has been fantastic. Yeah. We all want to see him in that starting lineup because 
he's been brilliant better than Moncur has so far I think it's fair to say but yeah. that's a disappointing red card 100% he should never have had two <laughs> yellows in that game <laughs> Um, no further action to talk about. The referee blew full-time whistles. The O's slipped to a 1-0 defeat, meaning that Fleetwood Town had their first league win in 161 days. <laughs> of course. Need a, need a helping hand, guys? Sure. Play or in. We'll give you. I think Fleetwood would be fine. Right? I think Lee Johnson's a very good manager. I think at League One level, he will get them out of where they are. I think they end up around mid-table. Mm. I, think, I don't think they'll get stuck there, especially with that forward line like we spoke about. So, Richie Wernon's caught up with Dave Victor. We're going to play a little bit of his interview. It's quite an honest interview, actually, really? from Richie. I think yeah. you can hear the frustration in his voice as well. Like we said, we're going to play a little bit. Here's what Richie had to say to Dave. Richie, thanks for joining us. Your thoughts on the performance? Well, we wasted three points. Wasted three points. First half an hour, totally dominant. Um, the atmosphere in here was really quiet. You know, they're obviously struggling. And we had an opportunity to, to be ruthless and we should take the lead, we should be one or two up. Um, and then fair play to them, they stuck in there and, and they turned the game around. We probably 10 minutes ago the first half. And then we started the second half really, really poor, really poorly. Um, and then they got the crowd involved. And so I still think it's a game we, sh- we should have. We had, a, we had a couple of chances against us at the end when it was a counter attack. But you know, the amount of balls that we've had in our box and the amount of opportunities early, early on, um, one clear off the line. I think Monk sh- should score early doors. I think he doesn't need to, ch- to chop back in. Um, the amount of good situations we got in first half, you got to score. Um, and if you don't, you always run the risk of, of the opposition coming into it. And fair play to them. You, you know what they just done? They just run a little bit. They won second balls, won a few duels, and um, and that's probably won them the game. Made a number of changes, both tactically as well as substitutes. First of all, in the first half, you 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 switched Theo Archibald and Jordan Graham. Well, we we switched them from the last game to from the start. So we've obviously watched a couple of the oppositions and there's so many opportunities where you know, we didn't think their midfield players recovering to that space. So when they cut in and he could shoot and threw out the ball probably six or seven occasions in the first half an hour where he's got one shot off but probably could get more shots off. And the same with Jordan Graham. So um, you know, we, we think that tactical switch worked in terms of the positions he got into, but we've just got to be better. We've got to take shots on. We turned too many shots down. You know, there's one occasion where we're 1v1 just at the side of the edge of the box here and within two seconds we pass it back to the halfway line and they've got back into shape so need to be more ruthless need to attack quicker to make decisions quicker um, and if we do that we probably win the game today so that was Richie when I was talking to David like we said the whole interview is up on the club's YouTube channel and a massive thank you to Dave as always for sending over the interview yeah so the league table that defeat means that we are currently in 16th place in League 1 we've now played 10 games of this season we've won three drawn two lost five we've won a minus six goal difference but we've picked up 11 points we're just averaging over uh, one point per game 1.1 points per game uh, nearly a quarter of the way through the season wow craziness all right bit of Lejande, give it to us your views on Fleetwood away then yeah I mean look we should be beating teams uh, like this no winning eight new manager in place but we've played the same starting lineup four times in a row so for me that really should count for something. Poor defending has cost us. Not being clinical in either box has cost us. You know we've had multiple opportunities to to put the game to bed, uh, and we've just not been clinical uh, enough. And I hate to pick on uh, a particular player. It seems to be a reoccurring theme here uh, with with George Moncur, but I don't know how he gets in 
ahead of Ethan Galbraith. I mean, obviously, with Galbraith now suspended, it's an easy decision. I can't remember if it's one or two games he gets suspended for. I think it's, uh, I think it's one. But um, you know, it's an easy decision for Richie on uh, Tuesday. Very frustrating result considering the momentum that we've built up. I mean, it's not the end of the world. I mean, I see people losing losing their marbles over this kind of stuff. It really isn't that bad. In isolation, it's terrible, but in the grand scheme of 10 games, we're not doing too badly. I mean, I've said it before. Um, you know, there will be games, I mean, we've said it earlier in this podcast, there'll be games that we should win and don't, and ones that we shouldn't win and do, and games that we should draw and probably end up winning or lose. But this is the step up. I mean, Stevenage are doing really, really well. Kalal aren't doing so bad. Uh, aren't doing so well, sorry. Um, so it's a very mixed mixed game. It's a very mixed league. And, um, you know, some of the stronger ones are already starting to, to do mm. well at the top. But, you know, we're not in a terrible situation. I mean, some people make out like, you know, we're, we're in the bottom four and, and doing a Cheltenham. But if I was a Cheltenham fan, I'd be really worried. But But we're not. And we're doing very well at the moment. All right, decent Keep views. it short and sweet for you there this week. I don't see the point of ranting on because we're not in a terrible situation, you know, as I see it. Good. Yeah, good points. Good points. Well made. I think for me, yeah, disappointing result that one. Big chance lost. I think had we won that, you're probably looking at 12th, 13th place, maybe even above that. So disappointing that one. And I think, again, another win, it would have been more momentum going into quite a tough week now with a Tuesday and Saturday tough home fixture. And again, it's about being clinical in both boxes, right? So had we taken one of those early chances, had Beckles got to Marriott before he gets to the ball, had Archibald cut out the cross, we could be talking about a different outcome in that game. I think if you're Galbraith, you're kicking yourself tonight mm. because you've missed an opportunity there. Because I think if you're Galbraith, you're starting on Tuesday if you aren't suspended. I think that, yeah. that can ruin. Right. I know you said Moncur's obvious to keep him in. I think you might see Sanders, Sanders. I think you might see Sanders against his former club. Young, hungry player. Yeah, true. Seen it before. Great point. Seen it before. Be an interesting one. I think there's some big decisions now from Richie. He mentioned later in that interview about maybe wanting to make changes and not because the team are winning. I think he's got some big decisions to make. If Beckles isn't fit to play on Tuesday because he came off injured, do you start turns or do you start happy? Do you keep it with your three at the back that you've been playing with the two in back or do you go to a solid four at the back based on how Lincoln can play? Do you drop Piggott? Because let's be honest, Piggott... One goal in ten. Now, I don't want to pick on players. One goal in ten. Is that a great return? Absolutely not. Do you think about starting Dryden? Do you think about putting Satoru in where Piggott's playing and moving a few players around to accommodate that? Do you bring Jordan Brown in? There's a few things that he can be doing now with this squad fully fit. It'd be interesting to see the 11 that Richie picks. I don't think it'll be a, an unchanged team. Right, at all. It'd be yeah. So time for reaction. You know, again, I think if we win with two home games coming up this week, if we take six points from six, we're back in it almost. It looks very rosy with two home wins this week. If that's what we can go and do, so the motivation is there. Lincoln had a decent start. We'll talk about Lincoln, I guess, in a little bit. But big week for Richie, I think. I think big week if he gets his his calls right, then it, momentum back on track. But two very hard home games coming up. But to look back on that one. Yeah, shouldn't really be losing to Fleetwood in the form they've been in and given the early chances that it looks like we had. So disappointing. So those were our views. A lot of views came into us on Outlook Podcast Towers. Like I say every week, these are only views that came into us and just because we read them doesn't mean we agree with them. A new Twitter handle, I think, on me and Nathan and the said, awful display. 
had a good 25 minutes in the first half, but we were chasing shadows for 70 minutes. No intensity, no desire, deserve to lose. It's not often we've said that about Richie Wellens late in orienting. No, it's very few times, thankfully. Bog Stolich one said we could play until Tuesday and not score. Fleetwood down the bottom for a reason. You can see why. Bad day at the office. No more Piggott, please. He offers very little. Paul underscore LT2P said bad day at the office and move on. I knew when I heard they hadn't won a game this season what was going to come. But these are games we should be winning. Yeah, Boats, he said, how typical Orient, gifting a team who haven't won all season an easy three points. We need a goal scorer and to manage our discipline. Otherwise, this season will be a struggle. It's a good point about a discipline. 100%. Obviously, Galbraith took bookings. Jordan Brown's picked up a 94-minute booking. Sissou's picked up an 88-minute booking. Beckles picked one up at the start of the second half. Again, all these at some point. It can count against us. Yeah. Count against like you, they did yeah. last season. Good points there. Ellen Isabella said, chalk that one off as frustrating. An unnecessary amount of cards on to Tuesday. Richie J. Bourne said, take the chance in the first half and Fleetwood would have been beaten. Newish manager or not, they wouldn't have come back. Cost Orient the game by not being clinical in the first half an hour. Dan Orton 2590. It's not often I say this about Orient under Wellens, but that was about as pathetic and as embarrassing as it gets. Stunk of complacency and the disgraceful discipline came to the surface again. Subs this week had no impact. Fleetwood wanted it more than us. And that is just unacceptable. Paul Red Rum said, The reason we lost is the dreadful formation that Richie keeps picking. Go back to a back four with Sweeney at left back, and we need Ford, Drinnen or Ruel as our nine. Also, it's about time he knew his best midfield and to stick to it. Now, arguably, he's picked the same side for the last four games. I'm not quite sure what where Paul's coming from there because he's picked the side and tweaked the formation based on what he thinks is going to win that game. He got seven points from nine on the back of on it. On the back of it before today. Before yesterday, sorry, yeah. That's why I think this Tuesday becomes interesting. Yeah. Because I think he needs to l- look and make a few difficult decisions and maybe leave out some players who necessarily you might not expect him to leave out. Les LK52 says, I wasn't there so I can't comment on the game. However, it's clear to all that lack of goals is the issue and we're not shipping many but if you don't score, you're not going to win. Piggott is struggling and we may need to persevere with Ford or start drying and rather than bringing him on for 30 minutes. So I know how much Richie rates Drynan. So he sees a lot of stuff. Obviously, we don't see his fans. We look at his goal tally, I guess, in the season and go, well, we haven't scored many, so he's not good as a forward. But we all know Richie loves that forward who presses the defence and makes them make errors and gets in their faces. I don't think... I think it's saying this. I was on Lincoln YouTube channel earlier and I was like, Piggott was almost a marquee signing, but he's not. he doesn't strike me as a Richie Wernan signing. Mm. He's big as a target man. He gets, every time Piggott gets the ball, from what I've seen, and I've not seen every 90 minutes of every game, every time he gets the ball though, he gets it and holds it up mm. and then looks to pass it back. Mm. It's very different to what Charlie Kalman was doing last season or what Royal was doing when they played in that middle. They were getting it and looking to get it out wide very quickly. Piggott ain't doing that, so it seemed like it's not quite that working. that slows us down, That sl- obviously slows us down, because we lose from, the momentum. From what I've seen at points, and even when he's getting the ball, he's not really holding it up as well as what you'd expect him to yeah. do. So, interest. I think the forward line's going to be an interesting one to see what happens this week. Les LK52 said, not done there. Done on. Oh, sorry. JME Ray 72 said, from the 15 to 20 minutes in that was... a from 15-20 minutes in that was a performance as bad as Stevenage one. No discipline, no in-game ability to change once the momentum started slipping away. 
Graham would have had loads of assists if we had a centre forward. Paul R. Gregory said, Richie, you got it wrong today for me. An unchanged side is fine, but we hardly won a star last week. And making five subs says it all. Mark Ross 636-89509 said, I think the blame lies solely on the manager today. Three subs on at 47 minutes at nil-nil and a goal within a few minutes. What was his half-time talk to the three of them? Go out and give me all you've got for two minutes. Pathetic. P.S. Tell Ford he's allowed to run. Right, so Paul not happy and Mark not happy. Um, yeah. Interesting. There's a few, a few tweets criticising Richard, which we don't normally get. Miss Vigaru says, typical Orient and very predictable. Considering we started behaving as pretty content with ourselves, not clinical enough. Last week in the second half, no urgency throughout this match, despite our early momentum. Transition to League One is clearly not over yet, and this was a brutal reminder. Matty LOFC Evans said, Tuesday night we need uh, to come out and right some wrongs from today. For me, losing to Fleetwood is a proper low point in our season so far. They will be down the bottom all season and we need to do better, otherwise we'll, we will be amongst them. Ed turns, the famous Ed turns. Not the most knowledgeable being new to the club, but it seems like a lack of League One quality strikers or confidence might be the issue. Fair observation. Yeah. Carl Coral, 1972, said, I don't have any confidence with Wellens at this level and today was no exception. The first 10 minutes was okay. After that, the team look out of ideas and clueless. The discipline is shocking and that stems from the manager. Surprised. I find that quite a hard tweet to kind of get on with because I don't agree with it at all. If we were Cheltenham, right? So Cheltenham have played 10, 1-0, drawn 0, lost 10, goals 4-0. I think we'll be sitting here going, all right, I agree with you. But in 16th place, bad performance yesterday. I don't think anyone's disputing that at right. all whatsoever. But I think that's a bit heavy-handed there. Yeah. I think that's a bit heavy-handed. I agree. I However, mean, we're doing... You know, we, we, Rob, you're entitled to your things. opinion, and that's absolutely fine. We've got no problem. Was, if we had a problem with it, we wouldn't be reading it out. Yeah. But I think that's a bit strong. All I don't right. know. Maybe that's just someone's... react. That's why the beauty of it, doing it straight after a match, is you get someone's absolutely. immediate reaction versus their, I've slept on it and thought about it, reaction. It's a very emotive game yeah. as football. Or in underscore Ed. I'm sure I saw Orion underscore Ed uh, in the stands when Galbraith got sent off like holding his arms like over his head. So if you did go Ed, hope you had uh, a good day. Ed said that was shocking. Aside from, aside from, I think that says for the first 20 minutes, we were outplayed by a poor Fleetwood team. We had no cohesion. Like we had never played together. The ref was poor but not an excuse. We just that bad yeah if it wasn't Ed there's a doppelganger Conway underscore <laughs> Nigel said what is the point of Moncur can't last more than 60 minutes and then offers nothing a big worry which has been around since the beginning of the season who is going to score some goals Pickett Trinan I think not yeah that's all O's fans again great to meet you last week it's not one of our best performances looked good for the first 10 minutes until Fleetwood woke up and realised that our possession posed a little threat second half was dire substituting our miss was baffling and left no creativity in midfield Glad my journey home was just 30 minutes. Yeah. Well done again winning the Prediction League uh, last year. week. We sent our photos uh, of Ray with his lovely shirt uh, out last week. And again, you've got to be in it to win it. So if you don't do the Prediction League, get predicting because you could win a lovely Orient shirt next yeah. year. Yeah, Tony Will 5023 said, There was a time, win, lose or draw, after the game that Rich's interviews always filled me with confidence. He seems more and more downbeat as each game passes. Think he might be getting a reality check. Is this squad up to it? Interesting point. Again, Sunshine LOFC with the penultimate tweet on this one said, As much as we were good in the first half, we were wasteful. Although we were bad in the second half, we weren't terrible, but we were also wasteful. But some people, though, 
proper overreacting. Yeah, final word goes to Sharky War, who said, take every game as it comes, and today is done now. On to Tuesday. Hopefully, it's a better result. But remember, we are stepping up a division, and it's not going to be easy. We get, fingers crossed, we get three points, and known from today, there's no easy games at this level. So that was all the tweets that came into Orient Outlook Podcast Towers after the Fleetwood game. Let us know if you agree or disagree with any of those tweets that have been read out. You can uh, tweet us at Orient Outlook. You can email us if you're not on Twitter at orientoutlook at outlook.com. We are on Instagram if you want to give us a follow or uh, engage with us there at orient underscore outlook underscore podcast. And if you're on Facebook, you can also give the podcast a follow simply by searching for Orient Outlook Podcast. Yes, the Prediction League. Well done to Paul Gregory and Billy Carroll 21 who both correctly predicted the score. So you guys both get three points, unfortunately. that mean, I mean that in the nicest possible way. That means the top of the Prediction League is as follows. So we have three players currently on 10 points. So Charlie underscore Paul, Doe, Lewis and Paul R. Gregory leading the way on 10 points. All closely followed uh, on 7 points by 1965, 80, 80, 81 by Eastside Orient, by Grunt the Postie, by Ice Spurso and Walla Ad. So thanks to everyone for all their predictions. More points up for grabs this week to get predicted. Yeah, absolutely. So that concludes our game against Fleetwood yesterday. So let's move on then to today, Sunday, the 1st of October. A very happy first birthday to our friends at the Rainbows. Yes, yeah, I've had a great day. They want to play yeah. a uh, football match. Uh, they won it down at half-time, but I don't know what their full-time score was. And they've been out today on the cake and celebrating <laughs> their uh, anniversary. So I hope everyone has had a great day who's involved with the Rainbows and great work. I look forward to hearing more about the great work they've been doing. So as well as the Rainbow's first birthday, the ladies were in action today away at Biggles Wade Town in the FA Cup. The first half finished goalless, but the O's took the lead in the 59th minute as our media dribbled past two defenders, struck from distance to make it 1-0. And then we wrapped up the game in the 90th minute as Chitate Samariro scored from distance to make it 2-0, which is how the game finished as the O's progressed into the next round. Yes. Well, well done. done, ladies. Hopefully they get a decent draw. In the and next also, uh, Biggleswey Town are a league above oh, as well. They? So that is a big result, beating a team oh. of a better standard. Yeah, I saw Olivia's uh, tweet uh, earlier. So, yeah, well done to the ladies and well done on your pronunciation as Thank well. Thank you. You, you too, because there were some uh, Fleetwood players who've done very well there and some fun players. So, an hour, five minutes, 57 seconds. Let's wrap up this bad boy. Glenn Wood is top of the Orient Outlook podcast, Fantasy Football League. He's got 491 points. He's ahead of Brendan Pitcher, who's in second place on 480. Eight points. Steve has dropped like an absolute <laughs> lead weight down to 340th out of a whopping 374 players. Would be nice to get that to 400 by the end of this season. So if you've got a mate who you do fantasy football with, um, DM us. We'll give you our code. Get them to join our league. There's nearly 400 players in it. It's a pretty strong That's amount. Pretty good, yeah. I'm sure there's bigger leagues, but I'm also sure there's much smaller leagues. So yeah, decent that. Really, really good. All right, so time's for positives and negatives of the fortnight. I'll do positives. Then we've got two positives and two negatives. First positive, beating Shrewsbury last week, along with the clean sheet. So had this podcast been going out last week, but we'd all be pretty happy, be a pretty yeah. upbeat podcast following that. And we also beat Fulham as well, second positive. So still can get out of the group, the EFL trophy. We'll yep. see, but two home wins over the last fortnight. Yeah, absolutely. Negatives, performance and the loss at Fleetwood. Uh, and also another negative is our disciplinary record. Seems to to me, I think we got something like thirty cards or something, twenty something cards in ten games, averaging th- two or three a get two to two and a half three a game. It's an unnecessary thing that we have to worry about. 
I think one more negative thing just going through the Fleetwood game is Beckles' injury hopefully it's not too bad the Twitter account did say he looked to be in yeah. some discomfort so hopefully yeah, it's nothing more than a pull or strain yeah. hopefully it's not too bad we wish Omar all the best so those are positives and negatives of the last fortnight so moving on to hero uh, of the week so obviously although this is a podcast based on the fortnight we're going to cover the last week because we've done our own hero of the week the previous, previous week yeah. so uh, this week we didn't take this one to Twitter we just decided unanimously amongst ourselves that heroes of the week are it is the ladies team following their 2-0 win at Big Wars Wade well done to the ladies fantastic result there indeed worthy winners this week next week's fixtures though busy one coming up we've got two home fixtures we're playing Tuesday and Saturday first up as we mentioned Tuesday the 3rd of October we've got Lincoln City they're currently 10th in League 1 having beaten Cheltenham Town 2-0 at home on Saturday their last five games they've won two drawn two and lost one and since the start of the millennium so since 2000 we've played them 14 times we've won five of those we've drawn seven and we've lost two. So our record against them over the last 23 years is actually pretty good. I know it's going back a long way and lots have happened in that time, but we've got a pretty good record against them. Then on Saturday, the 7th of October, we're welcoming troubled Reading to Brisbane Road. They're currently 21st in League One. They drew 0-0 at home to Burton Albion on Saturday. They've won one, drawn one, and lost three of their last five. And we've only played them twice in the last 23 years. That was in 2000. And that was in the League Cup. We drew one and we lost one. So obviously with them being a championship side for the vast majority of the last 20 odd years, uh, we haven't played them. So it'd be the first time we've met them in 22, 23 years. Some great stats there from Mr Levy. Reading have also got a habit of throwing tennis balls on the pitch in the 16th minute. So could be a, a delayed game potentially uh, on uh, Saturday. But fair play to them. They want their owner out. There's certain things you've got to do to do it. We've been there. We know that. We wish them all the best in their efforts to get their owner out. I'm sure there'll be plenty of songs about the EFL sung on Saturday uh, as well. But I'm sure most Orient fans will be joining in with and singing as a collective. So if you're going, have a safe journey up to Brisbane Road. And if you see us, come and say hello to us on Tuesday or on Saturday. So don't forget then, as we round this one up, to get in touch with Carol Langley Flores. You can do that. Call them a call on 0208 529 4130 or you can contact them on social media, Carol Langley E4 or Essex Biz on Twitter, where you can find John and the team, Instagram at Carol Langley Florist, and on Facebook at Carol Langley Florist. Indeed, so that is it. Thank you very much indeed for joining us for episode number 330. It's been three games over the last fortnight, two wins and a loss, but the Fleetwood game was one we should have won on paper. It just shows you how tricky this league can be, with our discipline still seeming to be an issue that really does need addressing. We've got two very difficult home fixtures coming up this week, so there's no time to dwell on this weekend's result, and we hope to be talking about two wins in our next episode this time next week. Yeah, if you listen on iTunes, then please subscribe. You can give the podcast a five-star rating. So if you're on iTunes, you can stop the podcast now. Go to review uh, the show. You give us lovely five stars. That would be most appreciated. And if you're doing the same on Spotify, you can rate the show. Again, five stars would be lovely if you uh, would like to do so. And you can even leave a comment on each episode, which uh, would be nicely appreciated as well. Don't forget to add us to all of your favourites or favourites on your chosen podcast provider. So wherever you're listening, please add us to your favourites. That way, you'll get all the episodes as soon as they are available. So also on all smart speakers, so Echoes, Alexas, Amazons, whatever you're doing, you can find us on wherever you are. We're also on YouTube. So if you want to 
have us on YouTube in the background, you can do so. We're also on FanHub, so listening to the podcast has never, ever been easier. And like we say every week, if you have an older relative, a loved one, an Orient chum, a mate who's a Lincoln fan, a man, a fan, a mate who's a Reading fan, pass the pod, get him uh, involved with the Orient. However you're passing it, just make sure you do so. That'd be Absolutely lovely. Absolutely right. We'll be back next week with episode number 331 with all the information, all the views that you could ever need. We look forward to hearing from you. And as always, please keep calm, stay safe, have a great week and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's. You've got to pump it up, don't you know? Pump it up. You've got to pump it up, don't you know? Pump it up. You've got to pump it up, don't you know? Pump it up. You've got to pump it up, don't you know? Pump it up. You've got to pump it up, don't you know? Pump it up. You've got to pump it up, don't you know? Pump it up. You've got to pump it up, don't you know? Pump it up.